I know that clap was perfect because I didn't hear a thing. Yep. Nobody else totally hears perfect. the clap. We're getting pretty Always good, perfect. fellas. Pulling up on <laughs> 25 here soon. I know. Can you believe it? We're going to do something exciting for episode 25. I feel, I can feel it. Yeah, we are. We're going to do something cool. Let's just throw it. Anyway. Let's just throw a Zoom call party where everyone mm. just shows up, huh. brings their favorite mm. drink. Mm. Would you guys see Instagram hour? Live can do more than two people now on a video call? Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, we could we could do a we could do a live. That might be How, fun. That'd be cool. How many now? Like twenty five people. No, I'm just kidding. Oh wait. Oh, it's only like four. Yeah. Oh, four. <clears throat> we need to get everybody in one room and they can be the fourth camera. That would Bring go yeah, over really wall. well. That would be <laughs> <laughs> not chaotic at all. <laughs> well, fellas, I, I'm getting ready to leave, uh, leave my hometown again for the first time since I was 18 years old. How's it feel? Damn, dude. Feels, feels weird. Tell us I what you're doing, man. We we only kind of know an idea. <laughs> Maybe you don't even really know, but what's no, your... No, I, I have no clue. Do you have clue. a plan or are you, you just like going to go? Um, So we've been looking at some places to go that are a little bit warmer than here right now. And uh, there's been a couple storms that have come through the Midwest. <clears throat> well, one came through and there's supposed to be another one in a couple days, but we're going to try to beat it, beat the storm. Uh, down to New Mexico. So sounds warm. Um, yeah, I got a friend there from high school that he's deployed right now. Um, with the Air Force, but um, we might kind of go around his place for a little bit, but also uh, just to like national park and and hang out for a while. So yeah, we're pretty excited. It's gonna be nice to. We really wanted to put the airstream through the test. Uh, to the test before we went on tour, um, you know, doing these house shows, doing these small house shows this spring, uh, we're going to take the Airstream along. So we just wanted to kind of like work out some of the kinks and stuff. Um, do, do the podcast, um, and just any other work that I need to do and that, that Chelsea needs to do from the road. So yeah, we're pretty excited. It's going to be, I'm looking forward to getting into the the sunshine because it's been mm. it's been like Portland here for the last three days. It started raining on Sunday and it has rained nonstop until this morning. So and now today is Tuesday. Yeah, we traded weather. It's been like freaking 60, 65 degrees and sunny here for like two weeks. Yeah. Like as soon as I got back from Portland last week, it's been rainy and gross the whole time here too. <laughs> I just want to say that I did not intend on us talking about the weather for this whole thing. It's just when you're planning this travel and stuff, it's, it's weird. You don't ever think about it. You know, when you have your house, you're like, okay, maybe, you know, we could expect maybe a power outage or something or, you know, your apartment or whatever, something weird. But like Jake at your apartment, you said you had like, you had a tornado warning today, right? Yeah, we had like, it's like the first real tornado warning I've been in. <clears throat> Ugh. Uh, COVID <laughs> in my throat. Oh, I got an unnamed thing in my throat. Um, it was like the first real tornado warning I've been in since I was a kid. And so 
Yeah, it was funny. Like the sirens were going off and everybody in the complex was out on their patios, like looking around like yeah. Midwest <laughs> dorks always do. Where do you guys um, go if it's a there's real deal? A, yeah, there's like a tornado shelter. Um, I don't know if every building has one, but mine has just this like cement room on the first floor with a big weather door that everyone can go in. Really? Have um, you done that? Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. I've gone in there just to see what's in there. It's like a dungeon. There's like, there's like I, people living in there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I went, uh, I walked by it, uh, during the storm. And of course, you know, there was people like huddled in there and all it was doing was raining, but apparently really? a tornado touched, touched down like a couple miles South of here. So wait, you mean you went today and there was people in there? Yeah, well, we were in a tornado. <laughs> and I'm guessing there. I'm guessing that they were people that aren't from around here. You know what I mean? They like had their dog in there. And yeah, the storms never last too long, right? Like it's usually yeah. just kind of a scare. I say that, and then the one time, you know, I yeah. went outside and I could hear. Like I was watching the radar, and I could hear in that direction. It sounded like hella gnarly. Like there really? was definitely something, something real going on. Yeah, mm. it just kind of went around us, but. I, yeah, I get so nervous about storms, dude, when it comes to travel and plans. Like, yeah, I, I was supposed to go get my haircut tonight. And of course I bitched out because, uh, <laughs> I was just afraid of getting my, of like getting my car hailed on. Yeah. Like I have this weird fear of getting stuck in hail with my car, even though I know like insurance and whatever, it, it would be fine. But mm -hmm. I have this thing with like if it was something that I easily could have avoided, like just not going to get my haircut, <laughs> yeah. you know, You'd be it more seems mad like at yourself right. than anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's one thing if like you, you're kind of stuck somewhere, like you can't really do anything about it, but if it's something you can avoid, I usually just choose to avoid it and yeah. uh, whatever. But people yeah. make fun of me for it all the time. Yeah. Well, this time last year, um, it would have been a year ago from, from, uh, Saturday, we played down in Kansas city and that was kind of a reschedule from the storm. You know, there was a huge snowstorm when Tyler oh, yeah. and I were up in Minnesota making our way south to KC. And they closed the highway and everything. And it was like, you just get those freak spring storms and it just kind of like changes the trajectory of things. But it's kind of crazy right. to think it's been a whole year since we played the last live show. And it's like, you know, everybody's been through it in their own way, but there's something about that to like say it out loud. That's just kind of like hits you, you know, yeah. I think, man, yeah, you know, an entire year. And so we're, we're really excited for the, to start doing some, some backyard shows and stuff. But yeah, yeah. you have to like mm -hmm. watch out for the, well, when you're traveling through like mountains and stuff, like it is different. So, and plus yeah. Airstream. You know, it's a whole new ball game. Yeah, you got to go pretty slow. Like 20 miles an hour, right? You can't. <laughs> yeah. So are you, you're, uh, you're planning on pulling the Airstream to the house shows? D did I interpret that correctly? Yeah, I guess we hadn't really talked about that. Yet, but yeah, um, with the van. So we'll take my truck for this. We're going to be gone for like a week and a half, almost two weeks. Um, yeah. Like what, I guess I don't, this has been kind of the thing that's been spinning around in my mind for a while. Um, I think it was when I put all of my clothes in it the other day. 
I started thinking about what, how long was it going to be before I started to feel like the Airstream was home? Mm. Because I've been, you know, since the unnamed thing happened, um, we've just been kind of hanging on, like we've been hunkering down here in Mm -hmm. my hometown and we've done a little of both, like go stay in the Airstream when the weather was nice, but obviously we were in the dead of winter for the last, you know, three months. Right. So, um, you know, we were in the house and it's been weird. You know, I, it's, I kind of view this as home. I think I always have, even when we lived out in Oregon, um, you know, like my GPS and stuff, my home address was set for here. And I think it was just Mm. always because my relationship and, and I think Nick's too, you know, I don't want to speak for him. I know it's, I know it's true, but with our parents, it's always been really good. So it's always been whenever you need to come back here or, you know, we'd stay here on our way to such and such, you know? Right. Um, I don't know when I'm going to, I think it'll probably be big this next couple of weeks, like doing what we're going to do because we're, you know, I'm going to be showering in my Airstream. I'm going to be, you know, and I've only ever done that once to try it. You know, right. Otherwise I didn't even need to. I mean, it, it was great. I mean, it was actually a really good experience, <laughs> but it's going to be weird to do that like every couple of days or whatever. And, you know, trying right. to do my workouts, I've been thinking about that has been the thing that's made me a little bit nervous because, you know, as you know, the three of us, um, that's a little more important to some of us than it is to me, but, um, you know, I'm trying to get my workout in or my run or whatever during the days. How am I going to a shower in an airstream doesn't happen every day. You know? Yeah. It just doesn't. When you're hooked up to water, like we will be for the next week and a half, it it probably could happen every day, but it's not necessarily a hot shower because that depends on gas. And so when gas runs out, you know, it's, it's, it's just this like interesting thing. And I think like once I start working all of this stuff in, I'm going to start to feel like it could be home, you know? Right. But I'm still kind of in this to be determined mindset with it. You know, I'm, mm. I haven't just said, yeah, man, Airstream life. Hell yeah. You know, I, right. I just haven't ever thought you that. You started your uh, Instagram account yet? Yeah. And I don't think we ever will, you know, it just... Like it was something that um, my wife, Chelsea, has wanted to do for a long time because she's wanted to be able to be with us when we're on tour. And that's really what it was birthed out of. But she was like, I don't want to be in one of those dark brown and tan uh, campers. The brown bad camper? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The crystal, the crystal Crystal palace. Yeah. Ship, yeah. Well, I, I think just, it'll be cool too because we don't have a lot of. I mean, we're playing these outdoor shows, so there's not the typical mm-hmm. venue with the green room and the shower and the, mm-hmm. you know, the backstage. Like this essentially is replacing that, and it'll be cool mm-hmm. to have kind of space to have that. And plus, it's yeah. great because you know the best part is is like the versatility and the ability to also like have the adventure. And yeah, and I think that'll be really cool for this season. While a lot of venues are, you know, we're we're not necessarily playing in a ton of venues right now, and I think it's kind of a cool way to 
to make make these shows and kind of the travel and stuff that we're doing um fun you know and plus it's just cool because in the morning you know like I know that there'll be eggs and bacon on and I'll be I'll just like get out of my bunk and walk over, knock on the door and no, I'm kidding. I was thinking about this the other day. I was I was putting some bacon um in the freezer in there and I thought in the mornings after we played a show the night before, I should just turn on the exhaust vent in the airstream and cook some bacon and have Nick. <laughs> Nick will be in the van and he'll just like yeah. smell bacon coming in. <laughs> it won't be long before he's making his way over in his underwear. Yeah, watching his butt. I wake up in my bed and I'm barely awake. And he, hey, guys, I'm making breakfast if you want <laughs> That's kind of how it is now anyways. So. Yeah. No, it'll be fun. I'm I'm excited to kind of push the lifestyle to the limits and stuff. Cause I'm, Mm. you know, we've talked about on this podcast before I'm, I'm a big, a tech nerd. So, you know, I need, I need my power and I need to be able to plug all my stuff in all the time. You are kind of like the opposite personality. Oxymoron. Yeah. Like this is something I think like for people that don't know Tyler, like he, he, his biggest hobby outside of playing music or working out is playing video games and like oh, yeah. just nerds out over video game like setups and all yep. this crap. And Building computers and gadgets and yeah. anything that has when you When you told me board. that you guys were going to do this, I think my first instinct was like, well, where are you going to put all your, uh, <laughs> your shit? <laughs> all your cables and wires and stuff. But yeah, well, the biggest thing when we left, when we left Portland was um, I had built a PC, um, a pretty, pretty crazy rig. And it was like, there was no way that this thing was going to come with us on this adventure, you know? And it's been over a year of trying to get the Airstream ready. We, we did a lot of like renovation stuff to it in the beginning, but that was a big, it was kind of painful. It was kind of like when I, uh, let's see, I, I sold my favorite, I sold this gun that I had to buy a, an engagement ring. Um, mm. I sold my... Tales old as time. I sold my electric guitar. Gibson. You remember that Gibson? I remember. For, oh, I forgot about that guitar. For rent when we first moved to Portland. And so it was just like, what are, am I just selling all the stuff that I like a lot? to? But the the trade-off is like, what what am I getting out of that? You know, so I got a laptop. It's, it's pretty powerful. I can still do video editing stuff on it. And, um, it cooks a little bit when I do that kind of thing <laughs> on it, but it, it works. So I kind of want to, you know, i I follow these, some guys on Instagram. Um, and, uh, what's that app that all kids are using these days? Uh, tickle. Talk. Oh yeah. Talk. Tackle doc. Talk tick. <laughs> Um, the, there's, there's guys on there that are, you know, either doing video editing or musicians or gamers that, um, like do the same thing. Some of them live in a van and I don't get how they get the power they need in that little thing. Like I totally understand how I am going to have the power I need. It's, mm. it's going to be there, but you don't put like two generators in a van. Well, we you know, have so the... I, the solar power and the lithium battery setup and yeah. stuff with the Sprinter, which is nice because 
Yeah. Essentially live off grid for days, you know, probably weeks actually, if you're conservative. Yeah. Um, And then we can plug in to, to charge it, but it's nice when the sun's beating down, it just, it's constantly staying charged. Yeah. We got some, some big old batteries in the Airstream. Like it's, it's going to be really good. It's just, we're still figuring out how to do it because we haven't really done it, you know? Right. So, um, this week yeah. will be a big learning curve. I'm sure that I'm sure there will be some arguments and, well, there's, uh, there's something to that, like minimalistic lifestyle though, you know, like having everything that you literally own in one room or like one space, it, it's kind of stressful in a way maybe, but there's something about it too, that kind of like cutting out the, the excess stuff that helps you kind of realize everything you own has has a purpose and mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. like that mentality like last week or a week before Jake had mentioned on the pod that when he's in the studio in Portland it was it was that way there like everything had a purpose and not only was it like aesthetically pleasing but like everything that you saw was literally being used for something and yeah there's something about that that I really love well, there was mm-hmm. the big thing, uh, you know, we just talked about style, which was one of my favorite episodes and uh, one of my mom's favorite episodes, by the way. She thought it was really interesting. <laughs> and nice. she's like, you know, you get that from me, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Good style. Yeah, mom, you yeah, got good I'm style, sure you, you do. do. Um, but so we were, you know, putting our clothes in the Airstream the other day and I had like six jackets. And Chelsea was like, um... I don't know if you're going to be able to take all of those. And I was like, yeah. what? It's my jackets. I got to take my jackets. You know, I got, I got my green one. I've got a brown denim, black denim, and a blue denim that are all exactly the same. I'm like, I need right. all three of those. My green bomber I just got. And so it like going through all that stuff and being like, you know, realistically, um, especially for the shorter trip we're taking right now, you know, what do I need? Well, Maybe just two jackets and, and right. my, my winter coat in case I get stuck, you know. And I tend yeah. to wear the same one all the time. I know that right. about myself, but uh, that well, we and, do that we do that anytime we go on any sort of trip. Like we all end up bringing way more clothes than we actually yeah. hate wearing. Like oh, when I, I was do. In, when I went out to Portland a couple weeks ago. Dude, I didn't even wear half the clothes that I yeah, brought. I, I brought like three jackets. I didn't <laughs> I wear two. I wore the same one everywhere we went. I wore the same like three. I have, I do this thing where I buy like five of the same shirt. Yeah, you know? I do so that I, too. I have like, same. I just buy the five pack from Fresh Clean Tees and they call it good. So yeah. uh, I just wore wore those, but I brought like button down shirts and stuff. But Is that what you're wearing right now? A Fresh Clean Tee? Hell yeah, dude. I'm so only excited. Tea, only tees I wear. Mine are well, coming. It's, it's crazy to think that you, that we do that as people though. Like we have the ability to try to prepare and plan for even like a weekend or four or five days. But our suit, we have like two suitcases and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't, I, I always find myself doing that as well. So I've started to replace it with like food or like something that I'm not going to bring back. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, the worst thing is you, you put a banana in your bag and you hop on a plane and, <laughs> You get to town and you're doing your thing and you forget and you start shoving stuff in your bag. 
Mm. And then you squish your banana. (laughs) Yeah. I open my bag when I get back and I'm like, man, something reeks. And it's just, I did that last time and it was the worst thing. Like my bag still has a hint of banana smell. It's fine. Mm. (laughs) It's all good. But, uh, can we title this episode? Don't squish your banana. Hint of banana smell. Hint of banana. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's well. The problem for me is on tour, I always used to pack way under pack in the beginning. So we'd get yeah. like, you know, you we'd stay, we'd stay in the van. No, you borrowed my socks. Let's be I always real. did borrow your socks. Nick was like, hey, you got, socks. you got any socks? Like, <laughs> why don't you bring enough? Um, but, but I used to underpack. So it'd be like, I would bring a week's worth of stuff, but. We would be on tour for two weeks and, oh, guess what? We didn't get to hit laundry or a hotel, you know, for this long. And well, so that's when I, right. right. I started underpacking. I started, I started really getting on the t-shirt game because t-shirts roll up and, you know, yeah. compact nice. Yes. You know, we used you to can be- rewear jeans, you know. You got right. show mm-hmm. jeans that you only want on stage. Show jeans. Grody. <laughs> and then you day have jeans. jeans. Yeah, <laughs> jeans for the day. So there's no confuse them and you're fine. Well, it was on the office, Michael's uh, blue jeans that he wore. <laughs> Casual. Friday. He wears Casual them on Fridays. Friday. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's kind of a thing like that. But we used to wear like a lot of collared shirts and stuff, and that's quite a bit more fabric when you go. Anyways, what you were saying, brother, I think was cool about the the minimizing stuff is, you know, even if you, you know, I want a house. I don't want to live in an Airstream forever. I want it to right. be a, a short-term thing. Um, but even in your house, you know, you think about um, how many times you buy a new thing without selling the old thing in a way. Or, right, right. you know, I always think about it with clothing because I buy a new t-shirt or whatever without getting rid of one that's just needs to go, you know, that's like, Oh, I like the way it fits. It's comfortable. I got to get broken in a a TV, something like that can be the same way. So I think it's good for everybody to try to, you know, and you don't have to, I mean, if you, if you got the space for it and you just want to, if you want to collect some stuff up in the attic, my dad said the other day, uh, he pulled this big, big box down from the attic of all these like power cables and adapters and stuff and said, am I crazy for keep, for keeping all this stuff? And, and I was not like, though, well, dude, because I found an HDMI cable. Exactly. In there I was back. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, well, yeah. there's been a few times where I've rummaged through that box and pulled out like something I needed. So, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a, uh, a limit, but yeah. as long as you have the space to manage it and stuff, I feel like it, it's, it's been really good. If you guys had to take like three things, what would you take with you? Like, what are the three things you always resort to? Ooh, is this the desert island question? No, I mean, just like <laughs> you, you're where? getting ready for a, a trip somewhere. <laughs> <Going where? laughs> yeah, like my things are going to change depending on where I'm going, bro. Okay. So well, you're I mean going like your three Portland. staples, right? Three staples, not oh. just three things, I guess. Let's, three let's things I like take that. no matter yeah. no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. 
this changes uh, things. You're going to your friend's house in an hour. Yeah, he I'll lives like, twenty minutes uh, away. Desert island, phone charger, like, <laughs> socks. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of just not the obvious, like underwear, socks, and phone charger. But yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, I do always take headphones with me, no matter where I'm going, even though I rarely use them. Like. Um, I always take my AirPods now if I go out of town, even if I'm just going home and I'm or to my parents' place and I don't expect to use them. For some reason, they just always make it in my bag just in case. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of two others. Socks and underwear, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel yeah, like having about- way more underwear than you think you'll need is important, but... It's been about oh, 20 years since I've ruined my pants, you know? Yeah, I'm, I've, I can't remember the last time I've gotten into a situation where I but, needed an extra pair of underwear. some <laughs> reason, I always think, oh, you got to bring extra underwear. What, what if, if you the need worst an, yeah. <laughs> has, yeah. has not happened to this But you really right? probably only need one extra pair, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like right. the, the odds of you needing, like accidentally needing an extra pair of underwear four times for, for, over the whole trip, yeah, the whole I don't, week long trip, I'm, I'm you would sure know that in advance, probably. I'm sure people exist, but I'm not one of those rewear socks or underwear guys. You know, like, no, not even yeah. not even once. Well, there's like a socks to underwear ratio. There's been times I've gotten out of the shower, put some socks on because it was chilly, and then maybe wore those socks the next day. You know, but I'm not running around mm. in shoes and. Outside, Dude, yeah. Are you Swims. an outside socks yeah. wearer? You know, like say you say the dog's outside or something, and you got socks on. Do you do you go out in the dirt or the concrete or the grass in your socks? I tend to do that, man. That's why I always ask you for socks, bro. That's why you're always dirty in your socks. Up. You know, for someone who someone like me who really hates the feeling of wet socks, <laughs> you'd think I would stop running outside with just my socks on after What are rain. you doing? <laughs> I just always do it. I don't know. And yeah. I will rewear socks. Like I rewear socks all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like go to the gym, That's wear the same dude. socks the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gross. Nick, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Nick, you got a story to tell. Just tell it. Please what story? tell that story about high school. So Nick, Nick used to be not just like he is now where he's very passionate about taking care of himself, but he used to be a definition of a meathead i'm talking like wake up this was in high school wake up football days pound pop tarts and a bowl of frosted flakes eat a banana protein right on the way to school breakfast of champions get in the gym and just the everything as heavy as he could go to the max and protein shakes all the time like it was just all about i feel like it was all about consumption (laughs) <laughs> for a while there the bear diet the was happening spot. in high school but the nice part about high school is it doesn't matter because yeah you stay you skinny. like burned off in five minutes yeah it's hard to be active and fat when you're in high school anyways you had metabolism is running a million miles an hour didn't didn't so you you would rewear stuff every once in a while not like a weird amount of times but you know probably well, a little I, bit weird yeah. than what Jake is doing right now I'd be up at like five, go to the gym in the morning before school and then go to class all day. But then we'd have PE class 
so I'd rewear like the same clothes essentially for PE, right? So by then they're like mostly dry. Now, granted, I'm like 16, <laughs> 17. So, you can stand, so I'm, stand I'm your in, shirt up on end. Yeah, yeah. You know, you hang it up in the locker, right? So, like, 16 right. year old me is like, yeah, this is great. No problem. And then we'd have football practice or whatever. Um, so, occasionally, <laughs> dude, I was always going to have dirty laundry. I was always going to have to bring more clothes right. and I could just yeah. never living at home like there was no way with four people anyways so this is my excuse right for my disgusting story (laughs) right yeah (laughs) and uh dude yeah so so i don't remember how it happened but like one weekend or something i was outside and i gashed my toe and yeah it it was a pretty good size cut just on my toe and you know i think nothing of it i'm like it's fine go to go back to my regular regimen of of what I was doing like three times a day essentially sweating wearing shoes and all that well I started to like rewear my <laughs> socks and stuff and this is dis- this is absolutely disgusting I can't believe I'm telling the story but I may do uh, I ended up getting an infection like a really bad infection because I just was constantly <laughs> going like all day long oh, and then I al- I also worked part-time so like yeah dude I was just constantly on my feet and that was when I part worked part time at John Deere after school, after practice. And so uh I start like my legs just starts feeling kinda weird one day. Um and <laughs> I was at the school one night. I, I think we were it was for like choir or something. I think we had to like go in practice for show choir or something and um my leg was just killing me and I got home and I like took my pants off whatever all that like looked down and there's like this red line going on my leg and <laughs> oh. I was like that's not right like something looks weird so I go tell mom and I'm like yeah I think maybe we need to go to the doctor so like we go down the street to the doctor because it's small town right took like 30 yeah. seconds to get there I walk in they like immediately looked at me and threw me onto the to the bed and popped an IV in me and said, you need to stay in the hospital for the next couple oh, nights. And no. I was like, I was like, what? Like, what's going <laughs> on? And I ended up having like this bad staph infection from that cut. And, <sighs> and uh, they're like, yeah, if you would have waited another day, like you probably would have lost your toe. And I was like, what the Damn. heck, man? Like, I remember when he took his sock off, it just, his toe was just white. Yeah, he's man, like, it, was, it was it was gross. He was like, oh, it kind of seems like something's wrong. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> your your toe rub some dirt in like it, right? a dead man's toe. Well, now you know why I always ask you for extra socks, bro. I change socks like nine times a day. Hey, I'm paranoid. I'm happy to keep you from losing your leg. I, I'm I'm happy to contribute to that. That might be one of the most disgusting stories I've ever told publicly. So uh, <laughs> there we go. Sorry, I made you do it. But it's a good story, and there's a lesson to be yeah. learned. If you're gonna double pack, double Wash pack socks. the socks. Yeah, you know you've, yeah. you haven't had a problem since that I know of, brother. No, I've so. only lost it about three more times since then. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think t-shirts help a lot because you're able to like keep it minimal. But I've always had this weird thing about packing extra socks, and Nick has always borrowed them if he needs now you to, know why you know? well that's yeah. why you do it probably now i feel like i always I, I always pack i always pack a ton of socks and i wear 
not all of them yeah. because I rewear socks. Like yeah. I'll just, I, I have this thing where if I don't rewear them, I will lose them if mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm traveling. Like I, the amount of times that I leave socks in hotel rooms because yeah. I do this, I do this stupid thing where I wear my socks to bed, but then I take them <laughs> off take, in the I bed. I do the same thing. And yeah. I leave, like, I take, I don't use my hands. I just take them off with my feet. So then yeah. they are balled up at the bottom of the bed. Lost and like when forever. it's your bed, you eventually find them when you do, when you wash your sheets, right? right? right. But in a hotel, they're gone forever. Yeah. So I always, I have made it this point to just like rewear my socks when I'm leaving a hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, so that I go through the effort of finding them again. <laughs> yeah, I always feel like you lose one sock. You guys ever do laundry and you always end up one sock short somewhere? Every time, every time. Dude, and I you, got, it's nowhere I to got, be found. I got all new socks for Christmas this year, and I think I'm down to, like, three pairs now. I'm, Just, I'm convinced it ends up... I have no up, idea where they've gone. I'm convinced it ends up, like, on the backside of the tumbling bin thing. Like somehow yeah. between the actual dryer and the, I don't know. But Jake, how do you feel about the, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense for what we do, you know, and we bring you out on the road, if not one full season, but a couple of seasons a year. How, how do you feel about the, the minimalist thing? Do you think about that like on a daily basis? I, well, we've been to your apartment. I don't feel like there's like crap all over. You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> yeah. guess I, ha- I haven't looked in your closet. Uh, it's kind of hit or miss. Like, so. um, when you were talking <laughs> about your dad um, keeping a box full of connectors and cables yeah. and stuff. Like, <laughs> I mean, I keep, like, iPhone boxes. and like, I do that, too. I, I, I'm always like, I might need this. Yeah. But I I think I, I would say that I'm a minimalist to a point. Um in that I don't buy, I don't spend a lot of money on things that w- won't serve some purpose. Like I don't buy things just because, just like on a whim. I think about it a lot to make sure that's something that I would actually bring value to my life or my yeah. hobbies or, you know, whatever I'm doing. Um, so yeah, we, we try, I hate v- I hate visual clutter. I actually hate all clutter. Like it gives me anxiety when yeah. I know that there's, crap in my closet that I haven't really organized but um yeah I try to keep my desk like depending on the season like there's usually a lot of dishes but I try not to keep a lot of just like random crap on it and um my my clothes like I'm the same way I just have like staple wardrobe stuff I don't I don't buy clothes very often so yeah I guess I I guess I would say I'm minimalist I don't like knickknacks like Nothing gives me anxiety more than going into like the quintessential like grandma's house that has every square inch of a wall filled with like pictures and trinkets and cuckoo clocks and that kind of (laughs) stuff. I could, I could definitely live without. So, well, that sucks, man, because we were actually going to get a cuckoo clock for the van. So, I guess we won't do that. (laughs) I'm never coming again. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely, I definitely think about it in terms of like, shows and stuff too because um i don't want to roll up with excess gear i already have when i'm bringing my own gear i already have so much stuff that i don't want to have anything that doesn't serve a purpose like if i don't use it for more than like two or three songs i'm going to find a way to not have to use it at all right yeah because i have all of my stands all of my drums all of my sticks like now in-ear stuff and it's just a lot to keep track of so that's what kind of happened to the mandolin. 
you know yeah i was like rest in peace. <laughs> I did you ever tell that it. story bro well not the other one the story about it getting lost or the story well we played that show and somebody walked out with it i think so uh yeah we I used mean, to <laughs> what else would it have been just disappeared, got up and walked out, or yeah, I, I might have bartered it back then for something, you know, some cigarettes <laughs> or something. No, uh, yeah, we had we had the mandolin, um, same mandolin basically since we recorded our our self made albums, and uh, just we played this show, this duo show in Portland, and uh, there was like a a lineup of bands and I I'm pretty sure I left it there because it was just stacks and stacks of guitar cases and stuff. Everybody had them all in the same spot. And I think when we left, I just, after I packed it, you know, we stayed and talked to some friends for a while. And then I realized kind of that next week I was like, uh, I don't know where the mandolin is. So it was gone, but, someone um, jacked. A, yeah. A friend of ours, uh, uh, helped us out and got us a new mandolin and used it for about a year because we were still playing a lot of those songs at the time. Um, but now uh, that mandolin that he got us is just sitting safely. I know right where it's at. No one has stolen it. Uh, but there, I kind of miss it a little bit. It, it. I don't. No, I know. <laughs> it, it's such a rhythmic instrument where I feel like everyone else on stage is kind of like, shut the hell up. You know, <laughs> like it's, yeah. there's so much. Uh, it served its purpose for the time, for that yeah. season of music we played. And I think now there's, we're just in a, in a different season. And um, yeah. it's not like it's, you know, just not where we're at right now. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. So, you know, maybe when it got stolen, it should have just stayed stolen. <laughs> but uh, we got another one, and it's cool. I like it. It's kind of fun to play around on my own sometimes, but it doesn't really serve a purpose with the music we're doing now. We're trying to be wider, and, um, mm. you know, I don't think I was as good of a singer. Here's a little secret for everybody. You know, back when we first started playing music, um, I was like, not the best singer I knew for sure. And probably not the best singer that anyone else knew. I just could sing, you know, it's kind of like that guy that, you know, that comes and hangs out with you at the bar. And like when a song comes on, he can hit the notes, but it's not yeah. like, right. Damn dude, you should like be singing for a living. You know, that wasn't <laughs> me. You know, I was right. just the only one that could hit the pitches right out of the group of, of us. But, uh, the group of two of us. Yeah. So what I kind of <laughs> did, I think, without noticing, is I kind of put on all this armor of like, oh, I can play piano too, kind of. I can play mandolin too, kind of. I can kind of play guitar, you know. Uh, and mm. so I just kind of put on all these instruments to, during the show, I would sort of distract you in a way. It'd be like, oh, Oh, that that singing was okay, but then I'd bust the mandolin out, and they'd be like, "Oh, the, he can the dude can play mandolin while playing harmonica." Okay, maybe he is <laughs> decent. So, yeah. As the as we progressed in our songwriting and our abilities, I've started to feel more comfortable as like a singer, you know. And so, as that's happened, I've kind of thought that, of that as my instrument, 
a little more. And um, we also have been surrounded with a lot more talented people than, you know, when it was just Nick and I, and then the three of us together, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's people that can cover sounds and I don't need to be playing um, like instrument juggle on stage anymore. Like it's, we're not in the gimmicky stage of our music career anymore where like it just needs to be kind of like mandolin time, you know, like right. we can just, <laughs> we can it just. Definitely, it definitely felt like a variety show at one, at, at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. There was like a transitional period where you were playing electric Acoustic, baritone acoustic, mandolin, like you had, and then also sometimes keys. So Ty (laughs) was jumping between five instruments and we would only play like 12 songs, right? (laughs) Yeah. So 50% of the songs you played a different instrument, which is cool, but it's just a lot, it's a lot to go wrong also. Yeah. And and something sacrifices, right? You know, I mean, like if you're playing that many instruments on stage, you're, how could I be really good at all of those things? You know, right. I think that I wasn't paying attention to my voice as an instrument because I was falling back on, well, I can be an okay singer because I also have, you know, like my section around me on stage, you guys remember, was like just crap me everywhere, you know? Massive anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> like harmonicas. Like we, so at least one person always <laughs> tripped getting on stage because yeah, the snake of cables stuff. coming from Tyler's little <laughs> portion of the stage. Well, and even from the standpoint of where I stood, like you as a performer and as an entertainer, when you got rid of all that stuff really came into your own and like, you know, I, th- I feel like you kind of stepped more into that role and you didn't have all these distractions. So you were able to focus on the show and yeah. like doing your job as the, you know, the guy on stage who's essentially leading uh, four other dudes on the songs and being able to like be in that, in that place, in that position and free yourself up, self up of having to worry about like when you're going to switch when you, you know, cause you know how it is, right? Like you're in the yeah. middle of a song and you're already thinking about the transition at the end. Okay. When will I pick up my guitar? When will I need it tuned? If someone's handing my guitar, like at what point, how, you know, how long after the mm. song ends, do I go back when the lights come down? You know, there's all that stuff. And now you're just able to like, you know, you picked up the baritone and something kind of magical stuck. With I think that. so. And you remember the set list used to, I used to write beside each song, which instrument I was playing. And, and like you said, before we even switched to the next song, I was already thinking about that instrument change and, you know, right. whether we did have somebody helping us out and handing them. And it just pulls you out of it, you know? Yeah, it really did. And like, you well, know. Well, and we spent, we had to spend a lot of time during rehearsals too, even thinking right. about that. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. Like, I think is a fine thing to do if it's 100% necessary, you right. know, but when, when you don't have guitar techs, like when you, when you go to a big show and you see people running across stage with guitars, like they're not just switching out guitars because this one looks cooler. They all, they all do serve a purpose, right? Yep. But I'm guessing that all of those artists would give up that purpose to just keep one guitar if they didn't have mm-hmm. text to tune them and run them out for them and have all this Absolutely. stuff rehearsed as well. So yeah, keep it simple, yeah. stupid. Yeah. It was like, we spent, we spent a, a good amount of our rehearsal just like 
and the structure of the set list was heavily influenced on. Yes. Well, if we Mando can knock out songs. if we can knock out five of these Mando songs right in the middle, which was miserable for yeah. like all of those Western songs that we played all at the same yeah. time was a little much. But yeah. I mean, it was a it was an intentional decision for that reason. Whereas now we can fit the songs, or we can even play songs differently mm-hmm. um, to fit them into the set list differently because we're not worrying about. Well, I have to switch to this guitar and then back to this guitar and then back to yeah. that thing, you know. Well, well yeah, that's like what the I, evolution of the sound has helped shape that too, which I think's been really cool in the season right. that we're in. There's like all these different components now that we're able to surround ourselves with that just really serve the song and it's like we're just kind of getting away from overcomplicating something that could be made more simple and more impactful if you just yeah. cut mm. out some of that stuff. Well, those those core things about the songs had to get better before we could go like, you know, it's weird to say you're going minimalist with the music because as you progress, it always seems like you're adding more and more. But like as yeah. far as what we are contributing to on stage, if you if I felt like I was getting better at guitar or vocals. I didn't feel like I had to put on all these like different instruments to keep them entertained, you know? Like I feel like I can confidently say now that I know during a show that my vocal ability will entertain people enough where they aren't watching me for like, okay, what else can you do? You know? Right. And well, it's kind of cool to shift into that mindset with, I feel like we've kind of decided to make the, the duo thing separate than the tour with the band you know when we have three other two or three other guys on Mm -hmm. stage with us it's a whole different experience and there's more of that like you know the loud the lights the sound the the big entertainment aspect versus like and you can keep it more simple with what you're doing because you have all those other sounds to back you up but Mm -hmm. when it's in the setting of a duo and we do those types of shows in you know, there is a piano, whether it's an upright, a grand piano, or just a keyboard. And maybe you have an acoustic baritone and maybe an uh, electric baritone. Then I feel like it kind of serves the role better because, you yeah. know, when you go to a 75, 90 minute show and it's all acoustic guitar, sometimes it kind of tires your ear. Yeah. So when you can yeah, switch sure. it up, there's something that happens there that I think in that case it's more beneficial which is weird but i think we kind of took a risk for ourselves when we decided to kind of mix the electric and acoustic thing together for duo stuff and you know we had always come from you know being born and raised where we were and you know i you know i i don't know if i've said it before but in imperial nebraska two thousand people growing up we had touring acts coming through and playing these listening rooms in our hometown or 50 minutes away at this other venue that we would go to. And it was always about mandolins and acoustic guitars. And sometimes you take the mic away for the rest of the show because something squeals and, you know, then it becomes like the super holy deal. So we came from that thinking, you know, this is what music is. Music is like the raw, real, right. you know? And so we, you know, as we've been planning these tours over the course of the last 
year or so. And now we've wanted to include that a little bit, do the duo shows, you know, um, not necessarily with the mandolin and stuff now, just keep it stripped and, you know, there's no backing track. It's just, this is, this is the songs and there's way more room for, yeah, there's way more room for stories. Like Jake, you probably noticed, um, with that tour that we did two years ago in the fall, which was basically the last time we toured, <laughs> right. um, that when we played band shows, it was, it, it becomes more about the music, you know? Like, yeah. The experience from, of, of for me, entertainment. Yeah. Which I, I love. I feel like it I should. Love that. You know? Yes. Yeah. I, Talk I, less. I hate, more. I hate, hate, hate spending you know, whatever the amount of money on a ticket is. And then the only thing you hear is the artist, like trying to Just tell jokes talk and talk the whole time. It's like I came yep. here to listen to your music. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Like I, I love seeing the human side of an artist. And I think that's a very important part of the show. But if you're speaking for five minutes in between yeah. each two minute song, then yeah. the majority of the show is you talking. Right. Well, and we I, think went to go I think see... it's cool what you guys do. I think it's cool what you guys do to have the two different experiences, right? Because yeah. then it makes it makes the duo shows still worth going, even if you yes. like the full band thing. Like if you're a true uh, T Bros fan, you get like a completely different side of both yeah. of you on the other side of the state, you know, on the acoustic side. So it's, I think it's yeah. cool. I do too. We went to see David Ramirez, which is one of um, the three of us, our favorite artists, but it was at this venue in Portland and it was just a grand piano and him on guitar. He switched between acoustic and electric, but he talked so much, but you kind of went into that show expecting that and like enjoying him breaking things down and like, yeah, you know, and but when I go to when I pay twenty five plus dollars for a ticket, right. I want to see like entertain me with your songs and play them in a way that I didn't expect because I've heard it on the record. I want you guys to yeah. play this cool instrumental jam for three to five minutes, and you know, don't tell all the stupid idiot jokes that I tell at shows all the time. Just like keep keep things fresh and light and powerful and that's man that that was so fun that tour we did you know before the unnamed thing happened because it felt like we were really hitting a stride you know like we were we were providing like a um a not just a music show but like a light show and and you know, yeah, and you have was, all that production there. It just helps enhance the the music. And I think there's yeah. a difference between talking and storytelling. You know, like if you're going to a show and like, you know, when David Ramirez played, it was definitely storytelling. Like he was talking yes. about the origin of the songs and kind of infused into the set list. I feel like that's completely different than like play a song tune your guitar and tell a stupid joke and like not really have anything relevant to say for yeah. three four minutes and then play a song and then do the same thing over and over again it well it's so dependent it's on that that duo thing you know nick you and i are so dependent on each other to cover time you know 
um, if my guitar goes out of tune or whatever, or a string breaks, you have, you have to have my back and you're the only person that does, you know? And so it, it, that's kind of how the, the, the humor and stuff came out in those duo, sh- duo shows was like, you are entertaining for an hour plus, you know, hour 30, but there's just two people on stage. So well, it's plus like we're brothers and we just give each other shit and I think yeah. it comes natural. I, that's the best part. I love giving you shit when I'm on stage and, and that's a thing that happens during the duo shows. Like we give each other a hard time and it's fun. And, but then I think when we play with the band, we get a chance to like stretch our legs and, do some musical yeah. transitions and, and do some fills and things we don't normally do. Yeah. Way, way yeah. different experience, which we have to have both because you love to talk. So, yeah, I do. <laughs> if well, we didn't another, do the duo shows, <laughs> it is another example of minimalism, too. Like, not that this episode is about minimalism, but just going back to that, like, I love knowing that um, this portion that they were, they decided to talk it was planned and for a reason like they're, right. they're telling a specific story about this song that they're going into or um, why this venue is really important to them. And then I love when they decide to just play four or five songs in a row without yes. saying anything in between, so you know, being intentional. Then, like I, I hate feeling like, yeah, they're <clears throat> like artists are buying time or, just right. like trying to fill awkward space. It's like, just play the next song. If you don't have anything yeah. to say, just play the song. I like, I well, like that, care less. That was the old days, right? When we played three or four hour sets in bars, we were right. literally having yeah. to fill time. And we, I think we, we had to shake that mentality when we were like, wait a sec. You know, we started working with an agent and like we were putting on actual shows now. And we, it took us a little bit to transition a few years back into that. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a sec. We can just entertain. We don't have to. Like if the if the set list is done, and we feel like we got everything out, and you're vibing with the crowd, and it feels great, then it's done. Like we don't right. have to play an extra two hours to sell drinks, right. you know. Exactly. So it's it's way different. Yeah, that minimalism thing, I think, really made a a big difference for us. And I know, like Jake, you said. Well, that's probably going to be the title of the episode. I feel like we've brought it up over and over again. That or the banana thing. I can't. It's honestly for me, selfishly on stage when I'm not doing as much instrument changes and stuff. I have only in the last couple of years started to fully enjoy the shows because instead of in those moments where I'm not actively at the microphone or playing a specific part, trying to get my next instrument ready or some stupid thing. I'm like, I'm in, you know, Jake, like being zone. able to come back to you at the, at the drum kit and, right. you know, play music with you rather mm-hmm. than in those moments have to figure out how I'm going to set my acoustic down and pick up my mandolin or whatever. It's just like, right. And then that I think is outward uh, for other people, like the audience, because they they feel that we're enjoying our time together on stage. And then they, you know, it's like our buddy Craig always says, the circle of emotion. You know, it's like yeah. it just keeps circling around. And when you're when engaged, you're, you know, when you're doing all this crap on stage, where you're trying to like juggle things and tune things and tuning a mandolin i don't know if a lot of people know but there's eight strings on it and they're like you know a foot long 
So they're super tense and trying to tune. Like you barely turn your peg and it drops a whole pitch. And it's yeah. just, it's just a stupid instrument to try to play on stage. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think people can always tell if you're distracted, right? And yeah. I think in a show too, where you are literally under a spotlight and people right. are observing you, like energy, energy is kind of an underrated concept when it comes to live performances. I don't, I don't hear enough mm. people talking about uh, energy, and I don't, yeah. I don't mean like in this mystical, like the force kind of way. But <laughs> there's definitely a th- like people are really good at picking up on. Um, vibes that other people are putting out you know and if you mm-hmm. when you're running around stage like and you're kind of like you pick something up and then you're like wait no not that one this one and you're just like it, it's right. stressful for everybody like people yeah. can pick up on that and people They're can tell that, that you're conf- you're yeah so yeah, i just think you said about that for sure in terms of directing the energy of your audience you want to mask that kind of stuff. That's why That's why they have guitar techs that just run out on stage and do it while the person's talking. It's like this yeah. seamless thing because it shouldn't be a part of the, a part of the spectacle. You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's why we've already talked about expanding even a little bit more, you know, um, you know, there are those songs sometimes where I play like a key part, uh, on, on piano. I mean, when I say keys and yeah. the central part, uh, it, that's not what I meant. <laughs> But someone else could do that, you know, and there's someone mm-hmm. who's been playing piano their whole life that could do that way better. So mm-hmm. if I am able to set down the fact that I want to be the one doing it, you know, and let someone who's really good at it do it, right? then, then the show's better, you know, like, what do I want to walk away from a show from being like, oh yeah, all that stuff I did. Or do I want right. to be like the whole experience overall was beneficial for the people that like paid to be here. And, and for me too, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm not trying to play like a lead key part, which, you know, I do a lot of on our recordings, but do I need to do that live with right. all the other stuff I've got going on? No, like right. someone else can do that and probably do it better because they know how to play piano. <laughs> oh, I just right. play songs. They're not trying to look like they know how to play piano. Yeah, they exactly. actually know how to play piano. Right. And I mean, I barely know how to, you know, I play what I play on guitar and, you know, I, because of Nick, I have probably have this fail safe, you know, as long as he stays alive, please God, Nick, stay alive. You know, I, doesn't lose I will, a toe. I, I will be yeah that that red line climbing up his leg right. Yeah. Um, as long as he's still here with me, I should be able to make my vocals my instrument and make mm. the guitar be a backup to what I do. And Nix was right. He said there was something cool that happened when we picked up the baritone because you know, especially for duo stuff, it started to fill this low mid sound that we didn't have when it was just the two of us. And even if we break into like a four piece without a key player, you know, if it's Jake, Nick, me, and a bass player, the baritone covers this range between Nick and the bass player. And so it it was really fun 
to pick up and do and I don't have to play extravagant things on it you know I'm 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 playing pretty simple stuff but the range that the baritone is in is lower than a standard guitar you know and then higher than a bass mm. so we're kind of filling this range with it's like it, it's know? that frequency range that keys would usually fill right or an yeah. organ or something right yeah. and so since i'm not a good piano player but i play it when yeah. necessary it was like replacing that and then when we right. started you know a couple of years ago we started bringing a keys player with us wherever we went it he did some magic stuff that i would never be able to do like mm-hmm. while i'm singing and you know i'm not john mayer i've accepted it you know, I'm not, <laughs> so yeah. I, my voice, the songwriting that Nick and I do, you know, that's my thing. And I want that to be my instrument, but it really took some cutting down, like mm-hmm. just get rid of all the extra stuff on stage that distracts people in a way, you know, you, you think about it, you watch people at a show, you watch someone changing instruments, you see that. Exactly. You know, yeah, that's like what I was you're, saying. You're paying attention to that, like you said. Right. So, to, well, especially to be people able to, like us that like get into the technical side, or at least yes. like me. Like i i end up I end up focusing on that more than what's yeah. actually going on. So, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you there. I think even when you're loading in and stuff too, you want, especially at like a festival or if you're just opening for an act, you really yeah. do want to cut down on your stuff because. And we found that out the hard way when we played festivals years ago when we were carrying around, you know, we'd have six guitars on stage and there's just me and Ty. Oh, and also yep. we need a backline, a piano, and <laughs> yeah. just all this stuff. Who are like, these guys? This, you, uh, the you know? sound guy, yeah. the house sound guy, just just dying inside as he saw us These divas. These yeah. divas. Well, <laughs> it's, it's nice too because like shout out to, to Meinl by the way, too, they sent us these things called tool cases and they're pretty rad. Like they have compartments in them and stuff and we can throw all of our in-ear stuff in in those and any extra stuff that we have to take with us and just keeping everything compartmentalized like pedal board, you know, tool case and all that stuff. It's super easy when you have even the right storage with you. You know, I remember like back before we even had pedal cases, and we're just like carrying pedal boards. They're dangling wires and just <laughs> yeah. just shit hanging off of them. And you're like, you're always losing something. I always would right. lose a patch cable or something, you know. And it was like, just just make it simple. It's not exactly. It's not hard. Just think about it. Make it simple. Exactly. That's a life. That's a life lesson. Keep Dude, it I simple. Think, stupid. I think that's what we take it out on, or leave it on, or whatever. Just keep I it like simple, that. man. Everyone is listening to this being like, I wish they would just stop talking about the same thing over and over again. Speaking of minimalism. It was natural. It was. It was. No, I'm kidding. Well, thanks everyone for listening to uh, 24 episodes of Similar Vein Podcast. Uh, be sure to stay tuned for episode 25 next week. We're going to try to do some do some fun stuff. So be sure to subscribe so you're ready for that. And then comment and rate while you're at it. Hit us up on Instagram at Similar Vein Podcast. And until next time, we'll see y'all. See, see you, fellas. <laughs>